We continue surfing through, moving through the month of May. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, we here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine continue to provide you, the fans, supporters of Alabama football with fresh energy, new content, another slate of shows on what is the hottest form of Crimson Tide football talk. It's in my own words with yours truly, your man, Stephen Smith. I'm live in studios. And before we dive into the first topic of conversation here, got to catch you up on some news, notes, and information around the Alabama Athletic Department. National Football League draft, 10 Crimson Tide players were selected. Two of those guys have already signed contracts for their respective teams. Tight end Irv Smith Jr., who was selected 50th overall in the second round to the Minnesota Vikings and linebacker Mac Wilson, who was chosen at pick number 155 of the fifth round to the Cleveland Browns, both inking four-year contract deals. From that, we go to Patrick Murphy and Alabama softball. How about the girls getting a sweep of the LSU Tigers over the weekend? For the first time since 2005, Crimson Tide sweeping the Bayou Bengals at Tiger Park in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, earning the Southeastern Conference regular season title outright. Crimson Tide now looks forward to the SEC tournament in which it has the number one overall seed. The tournament taking place this week from May 8th through May 11th. Alabama will face the winner of Arkansas versus Georgia on Thursday, May the 9th. So kudos to Patrick Murphy and Alabama softball, along with Mac Wilson and Irv Smith Jr. Dive into topic one of the conversation right now. I ended last week's segment of shows and talking about one Devontae Smith and why he's pushing to be a potential first-round pick of a 2020 venue. Though a draft has ended, we look at these analysts, scouts, media personnel. They like to predict the future, right, and have these way-too-early draft boards and looking at who will be the next wave of talent, who are the next wave of talents, who are the next big-time stars, big-time collegiate athletes that will be first-round picks in next year's draft and the ensuing draft in the following draft for 2020. And in diving into Todd McShay and and, uh, Mel Kuyper Jr., among others, they already have seven Crimson Tide players projected as first-rounders for 2020, including one quarterback, Tua Tungo Valoa, of whom is not only expected to be the number one quarterback taken, but possibly, potentially, the number one overall player taken. And to start this month, Todd McShay was on ESPN's first take with Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, and Molly Quirm, and Stephen A. opened up the conversation with praising Tua and discussing his natural abilities as a passer, but he threw in, is durability an issue for Tua, seeing as how he had the hand injury, the ankle issues, and some knee problems a season ago? McShay took the question and uh, like Stephen A 
praised to a first due to his acumen as a passer, being the most gifted thrower of the football that McShay has ever evaluated, broke down, and how Tua's tape just jumps off the page in comparison to other guys. But still, the durability for McShay in terms of Tonga Vangoa is an issue when you look at facing the elite defenses in 2018, Tua, four of his six interceptions came against Georgia in the the, uh, Southeastern Conference title game and Clemson in the national championship. One of those picks against the Tigers went back for a touchdown. And I understand the best ability in football, especially at the next level, is availability. When you discuss Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, quarterbacks like that that have won Super Bowls in the 2000s era, they've been able to do this. Why? They've been available on the field, consecutive starts, showing their respective teams, I am dependable. You can trust me. You can rely on me to be on the field to guide you into deep playoff runs and to opportunities to win a Vince Lombardi trophy, that being the Super Bowl. But even with that, when you look at one to a tongue of Angola, 2018, 3,966 passing yards, single season score record, fourth quarterback of a Nick Saban era to be a 3,000 yard passer. His 43 touchdown passes, a single season score record. His 48 total touchdowns, a single season score record. And uh, you look at what he did as far as spearheading the number three scoring offense in college football, 45.6 points per game total on average. The number six total offense in college football, 522 yards per game. And the number one passing efficiency offense in the nation with a rating of 197.34. He did all of those things. And even with it being a slight concern for Bama fans in his, the toughness, physically, the durability. I'm going to go into some things as to why it's an issue, but it's not something that you got to immediately have your hand on the panic button and go, oh, whoa, it's us. And the first of those are the first of those is injuries are a byproduct of football. There are things that come with being a first-year starting quarterback. For Tua, 2018, he went from being the backup to Jalen Hurts, the guy that comes off the bench to he's the man, he's the starter, he's the guy. He is the individual that that everybody's looking at, everybody's asking questions to, everybody comes to for advice, if you will. And there's just some things that just come with being a first-year starting quarterback. It comes with a territory. And it was a whirlwind for Tua last year, and he had to compartmentalize a lot of things. And one of the things that just comes with football Injuries come with it. It doesn't matter how much people try to make the game safer. People try to make the game less harmful. Football is a violent game. Players love to contact. Players love to hit. Players love to be physical. Players want to go all out. Players refuse to be labeled soft. They want to be full throttle. They want to go balls to the wall. They want to go hardcore. And for a guy like Tua that's the ultimate competitor, Nick Saban is not trying to take away his competitive fire. Now, there are ways for Tua to channel that in uh, 
healthy, smart ways, and we're going to get into that in just a moment, but injuries are a byproduct of football. It happens, and more times than not, you have more freakish mishaps than mishaps on contact. I mean, as regular everyday people, you know, we can walk outside our front door, take a false step, and boom, there goes our ACL, our anterior cruciate ligament, or boom, there goes our Achilles. So, if injuries can happen to just the everyday, ordinary people like you and I working a nine-to-five, you know, imagine... Imagine athletes, student athletes, professional athletes on the actual field. I mean, we look at a guy like Terrell Lewis. We're hoping that, you know, he can stay healthy for the 2019 season, but he's been injury Injuries just happen. Last year, to start spring ball, everything kicked off with Tua having a freak incident, you know, banged his left hand, his throwing hand on the back of an offensive lineman's helmet, and everybody freaking out going, Nick Saban, what are you doing? This is our prized possession, and he's getting hurt in spring ball. They're in full pads. What in the world is going on? But it was a freak incident, and uh, that led to, of course, the knee injury against Arkansas where Tua's trying to slide and or Tua, you know, gets tackled and, you know, trying, I guess, to protect himself and he gets his knee clipped by a helmet and, you know, that happened and after that, you had the ankle issue against Georgia in the Southeastern Conference title game to where he's knocked out and Jalen Hurts comes off the bench and has to, you know, get the job done in the second half to get Alabama the Southeastern Conference title and moving them on to the college football playoff. Injuries happen. It's a byproduct of football. You want to make the game safer. You hope to make the game safer, but... Some things just come with being a first-year starting quarterback, and that was just one of those things that came with Tua Tagovailoa. That's number one. In terms of number two, as to why you don't have to jump off the ledge in terms of the durability for Tua, his offensive line is going to be a whole lot better this upcoming year than what it was in 2018. I mean, let's face facts here. This offensive line, especially if Alabama can get the best five guys in the field, you got the coach in Kyle Flood who has been where these players are trying to get to, which is the National Football League. He served the last two seasons with the Atlanta Falcons. You've got experience returning, you got talent returning, and you got the overall coaching in your face, in the trenches, working with these guys in Kyle Flood on this team. When you look at the uh, the tackle position, the an offensive tackle, your two anchors on that line, Jedrick Wills and Alex Leatherwood. Jedrick Wills, who started all of last year at right tackle, he's back. Alex Leatherwood, who is a natural left tackle, sacrificed and played guard a season ago, but a natural left tackle. Both of those guys came in the 2017 class with Tua Tagovailoa. They are not trying to have this young man hit the deck. They're going to do all they can to protect that young man. Then you got Chris Owens at center, a guy that is highly athletic, kind of reminds me of a young Antoine Caldwell back in 2008, a first-team All-SEC and an All-American 
at the center position. But at your guard spots, you have Matt Womack, who is a monster at 6'7", 325 pounds, a redshirt senior, and Emil Ikior, whose father played in the National Football League, and he's got that natural mass and physicality to be an offensive guard. So I know the Joe Moore Award hasn't been out long. Its inaugural year was 2015, and uh, there have been some Alabama offensive lines that have been finalists for this honor. The 2015 group won the award. There have been some units that, once again, have been finalists, and Alabama fans look at those particular units and go, okay, they just gave us this award because we're Alabama. But when you look at this upcoming offensive line, if there was a group to win this award and fans will clap with much appreciation, this will be the group. The talent's there, the experience is there, the coaching is there. Just got to get the best five on the field. And this is the group that's going to make sure Tua Tagovailoa is protected within that pocket. So the offensive line, much better in helping the durability of him. And not just that, going back to trusting the run game will be a big thing for Crimson Tide football. You got Najee Harris. You got Brian Robinson. Let's make this offense balanced. Let's make this offense more of a 50-50 ordeal in uh, taking some of the things off to uh, having these running backs flex their muscles, hit the holes, get north and south, keep you in front of that diamond distance. Let's get the run game involved and be in that physical, physical group, that Bama factor that Saban's trying to establish. It's number two, the offensive line. And number three, Tua's just got to protect himself more. Be able to slide. Be able to play the next play. Throw the ball away. Use the check down. You know, Nick Saban talked about how a lot of Tua's mistakes have come from trying to do too much, trying to have that Superman complex and getting everything back in one instant. And trying to, if the big bomb is not there in Tua's mind, it's a detriment. And uh, he's got to reprogram himself out of that. Understanding, take what the defense gives me. If I have a five-yard dump off to the running back, take the five-yard dump off. If I got a, a lane to run and I feel like I can run, run, but slide, protect yourself. Throw the ball away if you need to. Everything does not have to be picked up on one play. Protecting your investment, protecting your body, protecting your arm, being smart and polished on the field mentally, having that clock in your mind, I see pressure coming, I don't need to do the extra in order to get the job done. Play the next play, keep yourself on time ahead of schedule, and after seeing what happened in 2018, I think the young man's going to be much, much smarter, much more polished in that approach to protect himself. So it is a concern for Tide fans seeing how you've never seen a quarterback like Tonga to come through the capstone. You've become so used to the A.J. McCarrens, the Greg McElroys, the Jake Cokers, the game-managing type. So having a guy like Tua that can light people up in any given moment, you're not used to that. But it's something that you don't need to jump off the ledge uh, the ledge on if Tua is able to 
if, you know, you look at it from the aspect of football, game of injuries, Tua had a lot of things to compartmentalize as a first-year starting quarterback. Number two, the offensive line is going to be a whole lot better in the upcoming season. And number three, the native Hawaiian is going to be able to do a much better job in protecting himself as far as his investment with his arm. That's just my thoughts there on Tua's durability, combating the statements from one Todd McShay. We're going to take our first break here on In My Own Words. As always, you can check out the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. If you uh, are with the iPhone, you go to the iPhone App Store. You're with Team Apple. Google Play Store, if you got the Android phone, you can always check out the In My Own Words podcast. The options, they're listed on the bottom of the screen. Upon our return, we dive into something a little bit more interesting. Is Dabo Sweeney really the de facto replacement in the eyes of people as the guy that could take over for Nick Saban someday? Not now. But someday, we'll touch it up on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. <laughs> 